yo, yo, check this out. Check this out. Previously heard. Previously heard. Good Hope FM. Let's go. This is Wellness Wednesday on The Morning Show. It is Wellness Wednesday today, and we are talking about World Infertility Month. Uh, joining me on the line, uh, Dr. Liesl Wisthazen. How are you? Hi, Leanne. I'm well. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you. Always good to be chatting to you about all things infertility. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners were very, very uh, uh, you know, keen to, to listen the last time, so uh, hopefully we can do so again. Before we continue, what exactly is infertility? So if we're going to look at a very strict definition of infertility, it's going to be any couple who has been trying to fall pregnant over the period of 12 months who has not yet fallen pregnant. And I often hear patients saying, well, you know, what really counts is trying. If you're not doing something contraception-wise, you're not actively trying to avoid being pregnant, then you are technically trying to have a baby. So any couple trying to have a baby for 12 months, that's where we would label it quite strictly as infertility. However, we don't really want all couples to wait until they've gotten until the the 12-month mark before they come and get help from us because, unfortunately, as women get a little bit older, equality does tend to decline. So after the age of 36, even though we might not strictly classify it as infertility at a six-month period of trying to fall pregnant, we would recommend that patients come and speak to us. Mm. And what exactly causes infertility, Dr. Liesel? So there are a whole host of causes for infertility, we can classify them as male causes or female causes. So some of the more obvious things on you know, the female side might be a patient who's a little bit older because egg quality and egg number do tend to decrease. So we know the older you get, the harder it is to get pregnant. And unfortunately, that's not, you know, 45 and older. It's after 35, egg quality and egg number do start to decrease already. So we do need to be paying attention in our late 30s if we want to still have children. Some of the other things might be if you have an irregular cycle, if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome and you don't ovulate eggs. You might have a surgical problem such as endometriosis that classically presents with quite a bit of period pain that can interfere with pregnancy. Any problem with the tubes, if they're blocked or if they're trapped down with scar tissue or any actual problem inside of the uterus, can, such as a fibroid, might actually cause infertility. But we also have to look at the male side because Quite a significant amount of cases do come from male problems and we're always looking at the sperm test report in these instances and we're looking to see is there enough sperm and is the sperm actually functioning properly. There are a variety of things that can affect that from the male point of view such as medications, specifically if someone has taken testosterone or if they've had any kind of surgery they might be blocking ducts, if they have um, any other medical conditions that can actually impact their ability to produce sperm functionally, as well as as any major trauma that they've had to the area. If you've had a torsion or an injury to the testicle, even brain injuries can do that. So we've really got to do quite a significant sweep through the history to find out what could be contributing. Um, I also find that, uh, yes, we've come out of this pandemic. You know, we there was two years of it and now we're out of the pandemic and, you know, things are kind of slowly easing into uh, this new normal. But I feel like a lot of people are still kind of feeling the the impact, you know, or the fallout of, of, of COVID-19 on their mental mm-hmm. health, on their physical health, on their emotional health. Has COVID-19 impacted on fertility in any way? So we can look at that from two different angles. So from your access to care, it definitely impacted infertility. So as a patient who was finally getting to the point of starting treatment, then suddenly COVID-19 happened and we had to stop offering treatment. 
a lot of patients have been very anxious to come back unnecessarily, you know, so it's not a medical emergency, into a medical setting. So there have been patients who might have not been able to access care when they needed it, and they haven't really been too keen to come back because of fears of actually picking up COVID-19 and the effect that COVID would actually have on their cycle. So the clinics haven't functioned the way they would previously up until about the beginning of this year. Now we're back to running completely back to normal before COVID-19 started. And we do want to reassure patients that we do have multiple safety protocols. All the clinics across South Africa adhere to the same sort of protocols to make sure that our patients and our staff are safe. And just reassure patients that we're actually not concerned about the effect of COVID-19 on a fertility cycle or a patient's fertility or even in early pregnancy. Also, just to mention that there's no evidence that the vaccine is has any danger or any harm to patients who are trying to fall pregnant. So you can get your vaccination leading up to trying to be pregnant in a fertility cycle or even in early pregnancy. The only time that we are really concerned about COVID-19 when it comes to fertility is if you are very ill. And I'm talking get admitted to hospital, need a lot of support ill, because any serious illness is obviously not great when it comes to early pregnancy. And we know that any illness with a high fever can actually impact sperm production. And that's something you don't necessarily see today. You might only see it in two or three months down the line. So any male partner who's had a bad COVID infection with high fevers and suddenly has a new abnormality in the sperm test, we would always say, well, let's give it some time. It might be related to that. And I suppose that's why we are highlighting uh, World Infertility Awareness Month um, to increase awareness regarding the numerous infertility issues that couples around the globe are facing. Uh, for those who maybe do want to come and chat or maybe want to know what some of the treatments for infertility could be, um, what are some of those treatments? So it's going to depend on what we actually find. So we always want a couple to come and see us so we can try and make a diagnosis because what works for one patient won't necessarily work for another. And infertility can affect all age groups. So you could have someone coming in from the age of 25 through to someone of 49 needing some assistance. So once we've got a diagnosis, we can start directing treatment. Sometimes we might be able to offer very simple treatment selections such as giving some tablets to help somebody ovulate We might need to boost the whole process by doing inseminations, which is not a very invasive procedure at all, where we actually take the sperm and we put that inside of the uterus around the time of ovulation. IVF, most people have heard of. It's not as intimidating as people tend to hear. It's definitely come a long way in the past couple of years. So I don't want people to have the stigma around it being a very intensive treatment. It's actually quite easy when you take it step by step. For patients who are sort of running out of options when it comes to sperm or eggs. We do have sperm and egg donation available. And also we have to remember the whole realm of surgery. There are multiple conditions that we could treat surgically. So whether that's trying to treat endometriosis or trying to improve what's happening with the tubes or reverse sterilizations, there are a whole host of surgical options. So it's not a case of if you come to see us, you're going to have to do one thing or the other. We obviously want to look at what your treatment options are because we don't want patients to be doing ineffective treatments. But it's not a one-size-fits-all, and there's a whole host of things that we can do. I love it. And that's what the purpose of this month is, World Infertility Awareness Month, to improve the lives of millions of people who struggle to conceive um, due to a lack of maybe scientific knowledge. But uh, this problem can be overcome, right, Dr. Liesel? Definitely can be overcome. We've got so many options and so many new technologies that we definitely encourage all patients who are struggling just to come forward and chat to us and see what your options are. 
Beautiful. Oh, always so good having you on the show. You provide so much hope to so many people out there who I know are, are struggling with this issue and who do wish to have a family. You're definitely giving them that hope. We thank you so much for your time, Dr. Liesel, and hopefully we can chat to you again because uh, June, the entire June, is World Infertility Awareness Month. And I know there's so many things we still need to debunk. So hopefully we can get you on the show again. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. There we go, Dr. Liesel Wisthazen, chatting about World Infertility Awareness Month. And the, the, the purpose of this month, like we said, is to improve the lives of millions of people around the globe who are struggling to conceive. And uh, yes, some causes of infertility can be overcome. All you need is a good doctor, a supportive family and an open mind. So to all of you who are struggling in that area, there definitely is help out there. For more, for more, tune in to goodhopfm.co.za. It's all you need.